Now, how many of y'all realize we look out in our society and in our culture that America has an infatuation with the leader, right? We lift up singular people, right? Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., Lewis and Clark, Rosa Parks. And there are many more American leaders than we could ever mention today. These are the people that go down in history, right? These one big names, these, these pivotal people. Uh, but we also tend to look down on the idea of being a follower, right? If someone were to call you a good follower, it's almost kind of an insult. You're like, wait a minute, you know, hey, well, I, you know, I'm more than just a follower. In church, we even emphasize the need for leaders, and, and that's true, what, right? But what is a good leader? And aren't the best leaders the best followers? And sometimes we think of a leader as someone with position and someone with a title and someone that sits on a board or a commission, the one that gets the credit. The leader is the big, uh, the quarterback that gives the big speech and, and makes the big play at the end of the game. But we don't really think of the right guard that makes this big block to make it all possible as, as important as a star. In sports, we see it happen all the time, right, where you've got an assistant coach or like a de defensive line coach that uh, is awesome at his job, and he wants, he, everybody tells him he ought to be a head coach, and then he goes and pushes him and gets that head coaching job and wins two games the next year, and then he, you know, is fired in shame. Was there something wrong with being an awesome assistant coach? Was there something wrong with just being an all-star follower? Was that not good enough? I've been taking some leadership courses through a seminary uh, for the last year. And leadership as an academic study has only been around for about 100 years. The very first leadership theory that they came up with was the great man theory. And this was the idea, and we sometimes believe this, that leaders are born, right? You're either born a leader or you're not a leader. They kind of moved on from that, realizing that you can develop leadership uh, traits, then they came up with the path goal theory, and this theory said, uh, you know, you can lead by giving people incentives. And then most recently, they've started to really dive into trans uh, transformational leadership or adaptive leadership, which is how you motivate and uh, move people to change. But in the last 15 years, there's a new study that academics are researching, and it's called followership. Followership. And what they're finding is the success of a company often hinges far more on a group of all-star followers than it does on one all-star leader. See, we sometimes believe that, that we need one person to get behind, a Joan of Arc or, or somebody that we can really rather uh, rally upon to uh, change the world. But what they're finding is success really hinges on a bunch of followers that come together and just serve and do the mission. See, a leader that has no one following them is actually not a leader at all. And if I think of myself as a good leader, but I have no influence over a group of people, then I might need to take a look, right? Why am I, why is no one following me? Why is no one uh, you know, why am I not influencing a group of people? Am I abrasive or do I lack direction and vision? See, leaders take people places. 
That's what they do. And if no one's going with you, you're actually not a leader. See, the best leaders are actually the best followers. Maybe no one's following you because you don't know how to follow. But this goes against the grain for us as Americans, right? We want to make the big speech. We want to be the star. We want to hit the buzzer beater at the end of the game. All right, by this point, you're probably asking yourselves, why is Phil talking about this, right? Took a few classes. He thinks he's an expert now. He wants to share all his knowledge with everybody. That's it. That's what happened. No, that's not what happened. See, being a good follower is actually an integral part of being a biblical Christian. See, all truth is God's truth. And everything that's true, God is in on. Right? And in the last 15 years, sociologists and researchers and leadership experts might have just discovered the importance of following. But God knew that from the start because God started it. Yes, obviously, Jesus was the greatest leader to have ever lived. And he did make the big speeches and he stood in front of the crowds. But he was the greatest follower to have ever lived as well. And no, that's not an insult. And there's something that tinges up inside of us when we hear that, like, oh, Jesus was a follower? You can't say that about him. Well, Jesus said it about himself in John 6, 38. Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven... Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now, because the Trinity is so hard to understand, we sometimes ignore the fact that Jesus himself submitted to the plan of God the Father. Jesus left heaven and endured hunger and pain and being mocked by people, all while he remained the God of the universe. But Jesus followed the will of the Father. God the Father set the agenda. Jesus the Son followed it. In Luke 2.49, Jesus says, I must be about my Father's business. My Father has given me things to do, and those are the things that I've got to do. Did your dad ever give you uh, some chores, you know, uh, maybe in the summer, maybe you needed to mow the lawn or something like that, and your friends kind of came along and said, hey, man, forget that. Let's go swimming, right? Just leave that for tomorrow. But Jesus was laser-focused on following his Father's business. Philippians 2, verse 5, Paul says this about Jesus. And he lifts up some qualities about Jesus, and he says, Have this same mind in you. He says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he, Jesus, was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus went from sitting on the throne in heaven to being a servant. And every time you see that word servant in the Bible, you can project that word follower into that, right? 
Why? Because a servant doesn't lead, he listens. And here it tells us that Jesus emptied himself by becoming a servant. Other translations says it this way. It says he made himself nothing. He stripped himself of all privileges and dignity. Yes, he was still God. And yes, he had all the power in the universe. But he willingly put those things down and bound himself. You all remember the story of the prince and the pauper, right? I remember watching the uh, Mickey Mouse version when I was a kid. Hi there, boys and girls. Right? And he would, he would tackle these big problems. I just wanted to do my Mickey Mouse impersonation. I, was, I had to fit that in. <laughs> but you know the story, right? This prince wants to see what it's like to be a normal person. So he switches places with a poor person. And he goes and he eats scraps. And he, he runs around the streets of the city. Was he still the prince? Yes, absolutely. Did he still have power? Yes, absolutely. But he laid those things down and he bound himself. He put the prestige and the perks aside temporarily. And this is a crude example of what Jesus did for us. He was 100% God and 100% man. But the king became a servant and a follower. Here are some highlights of some things that Jesus the follower said. He said this, he says, I do not seek my own, but the will of the Father. He also said, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father gave me a command of what I should say and what I should speak. Jesus is the greatest follower to have ever lived. No one was more capable of just leading himself, and yet he humbled himself. No one had to humble himself more than Jesus to become follower. See, when Jesus told his disciples to follow him, it wasn't just a game of follow the leader. It was follow the follower. And that's how leadership works. Biblical Christianity says a leader is going to be a follower and the first shall be last and the master should be a servant and the greatest of you are going to be the servants. Later, Paul said the same thing. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. See, we need to stop looking at being called a follower as a curse word, right? The point wasn't that God the Father was better than Jesus. They were equal in deity. The Father's role, though, was leader, and the Son's role was follower. And then on this earth, Jesus' role simultaneously was leader, and the disciples' role was follower. We're always leading and following constantly and simultaneously. But see, if we're too proud to follow, then we are not fit to lead. See, this is why the Bible calls us a body. We work together. It's not about one person being better or more important than the others or leading in their own direction. The eyes are in charge of something. They are in charge of the seeing. And the hands don't say, I don't believe you, eyes. I need to do this. I need to lead. But the hands are in charge of this other thing. And it's a, uh, you know, a simultaneous leading and following. It's not about one person being better or more important than the others. Rather, that we fill our role to the best of our ability. And we don't covet the roles of others. The hand shouldn't hope to be the eye or the eye the nose. 
but each member filling their own purpose to the best of their ability with Christ as the head. You know, we look at the disciples as great leaders, and they were, but they were great leaders because they were first great followers. God won't call you to lead without first calling you to follow. This is the upside-down kingdom that Jesus came to show us, right? He, he, he put, made things different, and these things culturally don't make a lot of sense to us. We want to be the one that has the big idea and that everybody looks at in the boardroom and pushes to make our agenda happen rather than to submit to the will of someone else. That seems lesser. But this is the upside-down kingdom. Verses like Matthew 20, 16 start to make sense when they say the last, Jesus says the last will be first and the first will be last. See, God is, uh, his way is opposite. His priorities are different. It's not to stand out and to get the spotlight, but rather to humbly submit ourselves to what God would have us to do. Matthew 23, 11 says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. I've met some bad leaders. I've met some bad pastors. I've met some bad bosses. But I've met some amazing people that are followers, that just decide to do their thing. There's something amazing about that, right? To do what God has given them to do and to be happy about it and to be joyful about it. The greatest leaders are servants. See, being a servant and a follower in the Christian worldview is the greatest compliment you can ever have. When I was a youth pastor, sometimes I would ask, you know, students to, like, set up chairs or take down chairs or something like that. And I would tell them afterwards, man, you're a great servant. They're like, what? I'm not your slave. You know, like, and they'd look at that and they'd bow up at that idea that they would be lesser than someone else, right? But that's the greatest compliment you can have. Falling behind the mission of the gospel, not looking for credit or sway. That's where real leaders are born. And they do this whether they get a title or a position or perks. That's the people that really lead others to follow Jesus because they look like Jesus. Those are the people that really have influence. I want to follow that type of person. And if you've ever had a boss, and I have had some, that are equally trying to serve me as I try to serve them, there's nothing more that I want to follow than that. Someone that puts others first, man, I want to get behind that person. I remember when I was in Bible college, you know, after that I became a, a youth pastor. And it was funny, many of the conversations would go like this, oh, that's cool, you're a youth pastor, that's really neat. Do you think you'll ever become a senior pastor? I'm like, geez, man, I just started like two weeks ago here. Let me get my feet under me. I had at that point no intention on becoming a senior pastor at that point. I never thought that, that this would be something that I, God would want me to do. I love hanging around teenagers. I love their passion and all the possibilities that come along with it. I love that uh, teenagers are just ready to do like whatever all the time. But a big piece in God moving my heart in the direction of being a senior pastor is my belief that an impactful student ministry and children's ministry starts with a senior pastor that has passion about both of those things. 
See, I don't care how many we have attendance on Sunday morning. If we're not training up children and students in the next generation to take the torch and then giving them the torch and letting them lead, then we won't have a church in a few years. We've got to be passionate about that. But it was a weird conversation to have over and over again, right? Oh, you're a youth pastor. That's pretty neat. You know what's better? Being a senior pastor. You think you have it in you? Why do we say things like that, right? If those of you that, Josh did not tell me that you've asked them that question, but I'm not getting on to you if you did. Josh has it in him now. He'll be next. But why do we ask those type of things? Because in us says that you've got to go to the next thing. You've got to be uh, the leader or else you're not anything. The pastor is the leader. The youth pastor is just the lowly follower. That's insane. That doesn't matter God loves a follower. God can use a follower. Bloom where you're planted and you might make a bigger impact than you ever could doing a job that someone else wants you to do. I often wonder if I will ever make as big of an impact as I was able to do face-to-face with teenagers, right? They're going to go and do some amazing things. And if it wasn't God pushing me forward then I would look back and say, man, maybe I made a mistake. As I, you know, write policy behind my desk in my office, sometimes that's something that goes through my mind, right? So don't take that leap. You don't have to be the leader. You don't have to look for the, the position or the, the, to be the head honcho. Now, if God's pushing you there, 100% dive in all the way, but it might not If you're pushing for it, it might not be what you think it is. might not be so glamorous. So bloom where you're planted. You might just make a bigger impact than you ever could somewhere else. Nurse, you don't have to be a doctor. You could do an amazing job and affect people's lives more than ever as a nurse. Teachers, hey, you might be able to make, and I'd venture to say you probably are making a bigger impact than you ever could as a principal. Don't be scared to move forward if God's calling you there, but there's nothing wrong with being an amazing, all-in, all-star follower. See, in the age we live in now, it's all about the ladder, right? We've got to get to the next step. People are concerned about building their brand and building an audience. People are scared about being forgotten or being irrelevant or being less than. But you can't put your worth in that because there's always someone ahead of you. Unless you're running for president, which I don't think any of us are crazy enough to think that we should be in charge, right? See, people are so scared of being forgotten. But there's another way to live. We can follow Jesus right where we're at and not worry about if anyone ever notices us. And we just live with the idea that we just need to please God with our life because we'll never please everyone else. And the spotlight will never be enough. And if we Uh, just push to get to the next step our entire life, then we're going to get to the day that we retire and we're going to feel like we have no worth. We're going to feel empty and we're going to get kind of grumpy because we didn't hit all those things that we wanted to do because we put our worth in something that was less than where it should be, which is the worth that our Heavenly Father puts on us. Bob Goff says, God loves the humble ones. And the humble ones often don't make it as a first 
round draft pick or for the big promotion or position. See, we can be secretly incredible. And there's some people in God's word that were like that, right? We never even get their names. They just did some amazing things. Like those friends, right, that took their friend and dropped him through the roof of a house. They did something that never got them the attention. They stayed up on top of the roof and lowered someone down. I don't think they got the credit. I don't think they, they definitely didn't get their name in the Bible. But they were just amazing followers that said, hey, this guy needs Jesus. We can do that. See, the Bible calls Jesus the good shepherd. And Jesus says in Matthew 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's a common insult today, right? For people to throw out, you're just a sheep or sheeple. You ever heard that one? Bunch of sheeple. That's an insult in our world today. You don't want to be called that. Sheep are not particularly smart. I've never met a kid whose favorite animal was a sheep. No one goes to the zoo to see the sheep. But the ideal sheep follows the shepherd. And being a follower means you aren't in charge. David Platt says this, though. Followers of Jesus don't always know where they're going, but they know who they are with. And that's the more important thing. Follow the good shepherd. It's not an insult to be called a good follower. Followers are what make a church go, right? All-star followers are what make a good church, not a celebrity pastor. If you build your life or your church on a celebrity pastor, it will fail. Lucky for you, you don't have one. (laughs) But we wouldn't have this church today without amazing followers that went before us. As I talk to some of the uh, a little bit older generation, they tell me of people long ago that did amazing things. And you don't have a history of 175 years in this community without having people that just served, without the spotlight, behind the scenes, names that we'll never see. And if you go and look down at this, uh, you know, this collage of these pastors in the last 175 years, they are not the reason the church is still here. It was the people that will never get a picture anywhere. The people that gave and served and did something without the credit, without attention. Jesus was the greatest follower. Be like Jesus. A title or position is not what makes you a leader. A great leader is a great follower. God won't call you to lead without first calling you to follow. And Jesus was the greatest follower ever. He came to do the will of the Father. He was all about his Father's business. And if you're too proud to follow, then you aren't fit to lead. It's like the the teenagers that I would hear say, I can't stand my parents telling me what to do. What's the next part? I'm going to join the military. (laughs) That's a great idea, right? That's the smartest thing in the world. Great leaders are great followers. And why do they uh, drill in those things into uh, that military mindset into those young men? You got to follow. You got to follow. You got to follow. Do what I say exactly how I say it. It's because great followers make great leaders. Being a servant and follower in a Christian worldview is the greatest compliment you can have. 
falling behind the mission of the gospel, not looking for credit or sway. That's where real leaders are born. Whether they ever get a title or position, that's the people that really lead others to follow Jesus. Why? Because it's irresistible because they look like Jesus. Your name may never be in lights. You may never be hoisted on people's shoulders and paraded around town, but a humble follower of God is a hero in his book. In his economy, servants become masters. And in a world driven by self-promotion, Jesus modeled something different for us. So follow Jesus where you are. Do your best. Don't just seek out title or credit. Use the gifts that God has given you for his glory. Let's be followers together.